This episode of Country Squire Radio is brought to you by Missouri Meerschaum. We thank them for supporting this show, and we thank you for supporting them. You're listening to Country Squire Radio. Welcome to Country Squire Radio. I'm Bo. And I'm John David. JD! Hey, Bo. Good afternoon, man. Good afternoon to you too, sir. How are you doing today? Man, <laughs> I'm uh, I'm I'm glad I'm here. I'm just glad I'm here. I needed this, man. We're uh, it, it, it it is Squire Select Monday, and uh, yes, w- which means um, you know, day drinking, <laughs> day drinking, <laughs> and uh, and pipe smoking, and being with uh, a a good friend, and man, just uh, you know, we're I'm just trying to keep it on the rails at this point. It's yeah. been a, it's been a heck of a weekend. I'll be honest. Yeah, you know, we had um, uh, my precious wife. She's uh, 34, and she just, for the first time, I may have mentioned it last week, I can't remember, got her wisdom teeth in, uh, you know, which normally happens Ooh. before age, like, 20 or something. But um, right. anyway, she was, uh, you know, kind of feeling some discomfort, and uh, we looked in her mouth and was like, that's a doggone tooth. <laughs> and and so took her to the <laughs> dentist, and she had three wisdom teeth that had to had to come out. So that, that happened on Thursday, and so I have been playing uh, solo uh, daddy daycare plus, you know, uh, caregiver of uh, wounded spouse <laughs> for the past several days. And man. Uh, man, it's just, you know, day drink, it just sounds right, man. <laughs> it just sounds right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think I think we at this point, we call no, that no, daddy's that, that's, reward. That's exactly right. So, <laughs> no, no, th- things are going great. I, unfortunately, I wasn't really able to, you know, smoke my pipe this weekend. And um, you know, some of my, my usual activities that, uh, you know, that happen on, on weekends, but, um, man, it's a, it's a pleasure to, to get to, um, get to be with those you love. So anyway, we're doing, doing good, man. Glad, glad we're here. How are you doing? Man, I'm doing great. We had a, uh, we, we, uh, on the, on the other (laughs) side of the, uh, (laughs) the emotional spectrum, (laughs) we, we had a really, really nice 4th of July weekend, man. We, uh, we did some grilling, we went, uh, swimming and, um, man, we did, uh, we did this kind of fun thing. We got the, the TV and we brought it out to the back patio and, uh, did kind of a, a, a kind of a musical series. One night we watched uh, Hamilton that just came out to uh, Disney plus and, and it was interesting cause right after that they, you know how they'll do the auto recommendations of you watch yeah. this. So you yeah. may also like this, that kind of thing. So the sound of music popped up right afterwards and I thought, huh, that's kind of interesting. Uh, but I hadn't watched the sound of music in like 10 years, man, that, that, yeah, that is a masterpiece a of a, movie. of a film right there. If you, if you've never watched it, oh man. And the great thing too, is we're watching it with the kids. Right. And so like they're hearing the doe, a deer, a female deer, like and all the stuff they learn in like school. And they're like, is this what this is from? <laughs> like, yeah. So it was, it was really great. But, uh, but you know, it's interesting. So, uh, we did that, really enjoyed it. And, uh, man, you know, had, had kind of that old, like, man, I'm, I'm kind of, I'm kind of interested. Let's, let's look back and see what other, uh, media we can find in kind of the, the revolutionary era America and, um, found this new series, which I have not really fully seen. I've only watched kind of the beginning pilot of this was from like 2008, uh, about John Adams that HBO did. So if you've seen it and, and it's like, oh man, that's terrible. Well, don't, don't spoil it for me. I have no earthly idea yet if it's any good, but I do know this as I'm sitting here watching it. Uh, the dude playing John Adams, he's sitting there, he's smoking a clay pipe, like constantly throughout this entire thing. And I was like, oh, yeah, okay, this might no, have some pipe right. culture right, potential. I'm a big fan of John Adams. I haven't seen that, but, um, read that book by, um, oh gosh, who wrote that book? Ed, Edmund Morris, I think maybe, um, 
No, no, it was uh, McCullough. McCullough, I can't remember. Anyway, great, great um, uh, biography that came out, I don't know, maybe 20 years ago about him. But, um, man, what what a guy. Yeah, and uh, apparently, you know, if it's historically accurate, a, a pipe smoker. See, that's what I'm curious about. Is this just a, a dramatization, which we're not opposed to diving into a, a historical character right. that is dramatized as smoking a pipe, even though they, there's no proof of that. We, we definitely did that with Benjamin Hornigold. So I'm just saying, like, we could Wait, definitely have, do it Have again. we barked up that tree before? Yeah. Uh, no, no. What? We've never been accused of stretching out content, man. What are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> no, man. But anyway, I just wanted to kind of share that because I thought that was uh, fun. And it did make me want to kind of dive into, uh, I still have never smoked a clay pipe and I really do need to rectify Oh, that. we've got to fix that. Yeah. Yeah. We'll, Absolutely. We'll, I'll, I'll make that a mission of mine to, uh, to fix here in the next couple months, Bo. Man, let's talk about the missions you got ahead of you, because I know that right now, as we are still kind of deep into um, the the pandemic, that you know our our calendars are are. I think we've we finally gotten used to the idea that we're no longer in a blizzard and that we're really in an ice age, and <laughs> we're kind of dealing with that reality. Uh, and so, of course, that's impacted a lot of events that were planned at the Country Squire. You want to kind of run us down some of the updates for uh, some things you had on the calendar? Yeah. So, it, you know, it, this year has been completely in flux uh, for for literally the whole world, and that's about the only thing that gives me comfort. <laughs> <laughs> it's that it's not right. it's not just us it, I, you hate to think of it that way but it's almost like well if i go down i'm bringing you with me you know <laughs> it's it's uh it's just been exhausting for everybody trying to pivot so we were going to announce in uh in april actually uh that we uh had a 50th anniversary celebration planned in october of this year um and you know april was kind of march and then on into april that was kind of the the month of the shutdown and so we we sat on it for a few months just kind of thinking um you know how that was going to play out and um you know just kind of biding our time thinking okay well maybe maybe this stuff will you know kind of fizzle out as the summer goes on and and that kind of thing uh no one knew as as you know and the and the world knows no one really knew where this was all going but um so anyway, we delayed our uh, our uh, announcement of that for uh, a couple of uh, months, and and we get to our, our point now, and um, we actually have decided to to cancel, uh, essentially postpone until next year at some point, all of our 50th anniversary uh, celebrations. And so, um, you know, we grieve that because you only turn 50 once, and uh, you know, it's just just kind of part part of it. But, um, yeah, you know, it's, it's tough, but you know, we're, we're under a lot of pressure as a retailer, as, as all retailers in, in the world are right now, particularly, you know, America, we, um, you know, our uh, local authorities have, uh, you know, deemed it, uh, mandatory for everybody to, to wear a mask in public, uh, at least in, you know, in public places, stores and and things of that nature. So, um, you know, we just didn't feel right under this kind of, uh, health environment, regulatory environment, everything else, uh, planning something for, you know, for, you know, three, four, five, even six months away. Um, you know, it's just, there, there's just too many unknowns going on. And the last thing we would want to do is, um, number one, have everybody, uh, you know, come to a party um, uh, from all over the country, perhaps, and, and then get sick. Mm. <laughs> but, but then, you know, also, you know, the, the burden of having a, of having a global, uh, a global audience and, uh, and customer base. Yeah, it's one of those things. I mean, we, you know, we, we have been, um, you know, just so fortunate to have friends from all over the world, uh, celebrate with us and, and support us through, um, you know, through all this, uh, not just, you know, the 50 years, but, but also this year we've had folks, uh, you know, in the middle of this hardship that have been, 
um, you know, incredibly generous to, to us, continually supporting us by, you know, ordering our products and that kind of thing. And so that we're incredibly grateful for that. But, you know, all that to say, we just, we didn't want to get everybody here and, you know, risk uh, sickness. We didn't want to get everybody here and then, okay, we're going to have this big party and there's food and drink, but you can't smoke anything because you're wearing a mask and both, oh, by the way, you have to stand six feet apart and, you know, all this kind of stuff. So, um, so anyway, we're not we're, optimal party. Yeah, just not. Sure. So, uh, so we're, we're postponing, uh, our 50th anniversary celebrations until, uh, sometime in 2021. Uh, we'll see, um, you know, kind of where that goes. Uh, you know, we're, we would like to do it in the spring, but if we have a big resurgence of, uh, COVID in the, uh, in the winter time and that kind of lingers, then, um, you know, just, just all up in the air. So very likely, uh, you know, we will have the most awesome, uh, butt kicking 51st birthday party ever. <laughs> Come on, man. That's what I'm talking about right there. That's it, man. So we're, we're looking forward to, uh, to next year and, and perhaps number 51. But, um, but anyway, uh, you know, we're just so thankful for everybody that supported us. Um, we, we did have and, and do have several, uh, product releases related to our 50th anniversary, uh, coming out over the next few months, and, and some of those things have had to be delayed as well, uh, particularly some specific tobacco products that we're making uh, being manufactured for us. And so um, so still still working on some of those things. They are, you know, punted down the road a little bit. We do have uh, a, a fun uh, anniversary pipe that will be coming out uh, here in the next couple months, and we're excited about that. But, um, yeah, so stay tuned. We'll have some cool products. They, they might just not be out as quickly as we uh, had hoped. But, um, but like the rest of the world, we're um, just trying to make it work, man. So, um, yeah, that's, that's about it. Well, there you go, man. I, I know that's, uh, I know it's tough, but like you said, it's, you know, the, the, the one, the, the one kind of comfort in the middle of it is literally, I think everybody can understand. <laughs> yeah, like, exactly. I mean, we, you know, it, it, I think the initial shock of, you know, 2021, at least it, for our business standpoint, not, you know, there's so many other shocks that people are going through that are in much worse shape than we are. We can sit here and complain about not being able to throw a party, but I mean, you know, we've got, you know, family members, uh, folks in the hospital and, and, and folks have passed away and whole countries that have shut down. People can't, you know, make a living. It's just, it, it's really, really tragic. But um, it, where it first hit home for us, um, you know, was back in the in the spring when we had to actually cancel our lunting event. Um, and, um, you know, we, we initially took a little heat for that, actually. I got a little pushback from the community. But, you know, looking back on it, um, man, I, I just, I'm, I'm glad we, I'm, I'm glad we did, you know, I, and I hated to do it. I, I really did. But, um, you know, we just want people to be safe and, and, and certainly don't want to be the cause for anyone, um, you know, getting together and uh, then going home and, um, you know, spreading things to other parts of the country and, and that type of thing. So um, we're just trying to navigate it as, as best we can. But we thank everybody for their support. And, um, yeah, we'll see. There's plenty of good pipe smoking to be done the rest of this year and on into next year. All right, man. Well, hey, you know, this uh, we were thinking about it before the show. And, you know, this, this kind of gives us an opportunity to uh, put together – you know, uh, a special episode. We we actually want to go ahead and, and kind of put this out there to y'all. We want you to share some of the best practices that you're seeing in your local pipe smoking community, um, particularly you know your your brick and, your local brick and mortars. What are they doing to uh, stay connected with you? What are some things that they're really kind of um, you know the innovative practices that are going on in the midst of in the midst of the pandemic, uh, making sure that. 
Um, you are still tied to your pipe community and how your brick and mortar is kind of playing into that. If, if you are or someone that you know <laughs> has a brick and mortar store that is just absolutely doing amazing right now and, and uh, coming up with some great opportunities, uh, share that, write it into the show so that we can really kind of highlight them and, and highlight that yeah. uh, for everyone. So and, love to get those in. Yeah. And, and also, Bo, like we'd, we'd love as a part of this, uh, you know, kind of research project and, and future episode to discuss, uh, you mentioned like what, what your pipe communities, what your pipe clubs, for instance, or your friends in the pipe world, what are y'all doing to maintain uh, connectivity and enthusiasm and all that kind of stuff? Uh, we would love to know. We'd love to highlight some of those things and spread the good ideas that uh, so many people have come up with innovative stuff. We know there's been a lot of, uh, you know, Zoom uh, virtual pipe club meetings and and that type of thing. But, you know, what, you know, along with that, what are some things that uh, you've experienced, you know, that uh, you thought was a fun idea or, uh, you know, a great way to keep people interconnected in the pipe community? Um, if you have some, you know, interesting feedback along those lines, we'd love to hear about it and, and feature it in the near future. It is crazy, man. It's it's a it's a it's an interesting time from that standpoint. You know, I I'll just share this this little thing uh, very quickly because it's it's you know one of the podcasts that we do is uh, for you know, about the CW's Flash, and of course that content is based off of the creation of other content, right? Like if if there's no show to talk about, there's no show to talk about the show. <laughs> oh I mean? yeah, yeah. And so, uh, and so it's interesting because we've been trying to get, get creative, like, all right, well, what, what can we do to, you know, generate hype for, you know, that show? Cause we exist as earned media for, for that particular program. Uh, but then also how do we make sure that we're, we're staying in contact and, and having fun? So we actually, we started a Minecraft server of all things <laughs> to, uh, <laughs> to get together with That's our, awesome. uh, our listeners and, and build uh, some different things from the show and from like the DC comics universe and that sort of deal. But anyway, if that's something that uh, sounds interesting to you, I'll, sh- I'll share more about that in the future. But for right now, man, we've, we've, as you mentioned at the, uh, the top of the show today is a very special day because it is Squire select Sunday. Ow! No, it's not <laughs> Sunday per se, but you know what? It might as well be <laughs> because Squire select is almost a day of rest to some extent because it's our chance to really get together and do the thing that everyone tuning into this podcast wants us to do. And that is to drink while we're recording a podcast <laughs> and talk about some great tobacco pairings too, and talk right? about the great tobacco pairings. Now, <laughs> if you've never listened to a Squire select before, just to kind of give you an idea of, of what you're uh, listening to right now, this is where we take uh, a couple of uh, generally beverages, generally spirits, uh, and and talk about them. We we kind of talk about the uh, the flavor profiles and all that kind of thing. But more importantly, what we do is we pair them with various pipe tobaccos. I mean, if you're going to be tuning into a podcast with uh, one of the most prolific uh, pipe or pipe tobacco blenders out there, who uh, the 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 tobacconist with the most extended palate? You said you said white pepper a couple of days like a days ago. Don't you tell me hogwash. You're out here identifying the various specific type of pepper that you're tasting in the pipe tobacco that's the man i want paired up my spirits with my pipe tobacco right there man and uh you know what if we're gonna do this right we gotta we gotta diverge from what we normally do which is typically talk about whiskeys and uh you know what it's hot outside we thought why not why not go to a clear beverage ladies and gentlemen this is a gin based squire select and oh i'm so excited man if it was anybody other than you i would not be but because it is you my friend (laughs) i am excited as well what have we got to uh to dive into today 
Man, I, well, let me just first say, you know, we we have you know openly been longtime. Uh, I say we. I, I'm speaking for self actually, because Bo Bo's more of a brown liquor guy. But um, you know, it, we I've been a, a gin drinker, you know, for quite a long time, and uh, we all know the uh, if you're a longtime listener of Country Squire Radio, my affection for uh, Boodles, which I still it, it's my go-to gin. It's about all I ever buy when I go to the liquor store. Um, you know, they they literally stock. Uh, it for me next door because uh, yeah I think I'm the only one that drinks it but <laughs> it, it's it's shameful you know a couple of years ago Bo I actually kept the uh, I, I kept a little note in my phone um, of how many bottles of of boodles that I bought that oh, year man. and every time I'd go in the liquor store I would make I'd open that note and I'd make a little tick mark uh, and and you know it got to be the point after. After 12 bottles of gin, you just kind of don't want to know anymore, you know? <laughs> you just kind of, you know, I just, it, it's probably best I don't keep up with this. But, um, yeah, so we're, I'm a, I'm a gin guy. I love gin. And, uh, you know, even even though Ron Swanson says that clear liquor is for rich ladies on diets, <laughs> I'll, uh, I, I, will, I will take the abuse. Uh, I, I will take the abuse because uh, I really do like it, particularly in the South when it gets so oppressively mm, hot yes. uh, this time of year. It's just kind of refreshing. So, um, so yeah, we're, we're talking about gin, which we normally don't uh, discuss uh, for Country Squire Radio, but thought it'd be fun to mix it up and um, pairing them with some fun tobaccos that we hope um, you've never heard of before or maybe never tried and want some uh, you know more information about. And uh, got a couple of really exciting ones today. I, I'm, I'm fired up about this particularly because um, the two gins that we got today, uh, in my humble opinion, are are sipping gins. Uh, these are gins that um, you know are really good to stand alone on their on their own. Maybe with a uh, you know a piece of ice or a lemon twist or you know something of that nature. But um, you know really good uh, gins uh, just to sip on their own. And 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 a lot of gins can't say that. You know they're uh, excellent gins. As as much as I love uh, Boodles, it, it really mostly shines uh, exclusively with you know tonic or a squeeze of lime. Um, you know which is great. It, it is my go-to and and all that. But um, you know I I don't particularly think it's one of those that we turn to. Uh, when you just want to taste the spirit by itself, right? And so uh, we've, we've got a couple today that I think are really, uh, really tasty in that regard, and I'm excited about it. The first one uh, that comes to us uh, all the way from Bonnie, Scotland, and it is uh, the Botanist, the Botanist Gin, uh, which I'm really, really excited about. Yeah, it's uh, so tasty, and, um, you know, it's, it's interesting when you think of gin, uh, I typically think of England. You know, I think of those, uh, you know, English, uh, British, London dry gin, that type of thing. Um, you know, and, and so you don't necessarily think of Scotland, but, you know, what folks may or may not know is Scotland is home to some of the best uh, gins in the world. Obviously, the botanist is from there, but but also uh, brands like Hendrix and Tanqueray, uh, you know, uh, you know, uh, Tanqueray made on in the Fife area there, and uh, you know Hendrix, uh, which only started in you know as prolific as Hendrix is, I think they only started in maybe 2001 or something like that. So you know these are brands that are just really fantastic, and um, and you know Scotland uh, majors in spirits, as we all know, with our uh, you know whiskey uh, pairings and and even lots of quality beer uh, in that area. Uh, the botanist is made on Islay. Uh, it's an island. Uh, in the Lower Hebrides, uh, uh, in it's the southernmost island of uh, of the Hebrides. It's the um, you know kind of over there on the going towards Ireland in that uh, direction. 
And this particular island, Islay, uh, it may sound familiar to you because it is the uh, home of some of the most intense Scotch whiskeys uh, on the market. Uh, names, if you're a Scotch drinker, names uh, like Laphroaig, uh, Lagavulin, uh, Cal Isla, Bunahabin, and Ardbeg. Uh, every one of these whiskeys that I just named are are heavy peat bombs, full-bodied, um, you know, heavy mouthfeels, just real uh, distinctive and uh, robust and um, and really tasty. And so it, it's funny to think of a uh, a gin coming from the same location that. Um, you know, it majors more in the, um, you know, botanical, uh, which, you know, you just kind of almost think of as the opposite of that. So, um, so kind of fun. We're, we're excited about this. The, the bottle, you want to describe the bottle, Bo, cause I think you have, uh, you have some there. Yes, I do. And you know, I, for me, this, this gin came on my radar from my wife who she, I can't remember exactly what it was or, or who recommend recommended it to her, but apparently the botanist has got, a, a pretty significant fan base around it that has really kind of dived into the cocktail scene and come up with like these custom herbal-esque cocktails, like for example, like a rosemary or a basil cocktail um, and that sort of thing. So, you know, when she first put the bottle in front of me, I mean, it, it's it's a beautiful bottle. Um, you know, you think about you think about gin bottles as kind of, you know, just a clear bottle, unless you are talking about something like Hendrix or something with kind of a, a bluish greenish sheen. But this one is a, a pure clear, clear bottle with some imprinted text on this. Now, John David, I feel awful, but the text is, uh, is the way in which it's both clear and spaced out is putting me into dyslexia overdrive. <laughs> and so by my best approximation, I think they're going into the various uh, elements that go into the creation of this gen, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, it's kind of kind of cool. It's a um, you know old fashioned uh, style bottle. I feel like all the you know liquor brands that have come out in the past um, you know 15 years have kind of gone back to that uh, apothecary look. You know the old yes. fashioned kind of look. That's been a very uh, big design uh, standpoint of a lot of these guys. And um, and and yeah. So you when you look at it, it's a very handsome label. It says the botanist Islay Dry Gin, uh, the number 22, uh, 22 Forged Island Botanicals. Uh, but then beneath that is just this kind of. It almost looks like a word search. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like it's, almost like you could like circle these letters or something of that nature. It's overwhelming uh, with the amount of letters that's. Imp- printed in this bottle that's actually a uh, kind of a raised uh, you know portion of the glass and 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 what you're looking at there if you if you read closely are actually the um, technical names of the botanicals that are featured in this gin uh, and so it's kind of right there up front uh, just a really interesting kind of uh, design um, you know uh, element there it makes it a very tactile experience. When it you're does. Like holding, yeah. Even picking, picking up, up the, the bottle, bottle itself, yeah. it kind of feels like, uh, you know, when you pick up a tin of tobacco and there's like a nice uh, embossed label on it or something, or, you know, like the old McClellan tins with that big uh, seal with the whale on it, just very, very uh, handsome and, um, you know, fun to fun to hand, handle. So, um, Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. But um, anyway, uh, yeah, so the Botanist Gin, uh, you know, excellent 
uh, you know, Jen, uh, from their description, it says a progressive exploration of the botanical heritage of our Isle of Islay. Uh, 22 hand-forged local botanicals delicately augment nine berries, barks, seeds, and peels during an achingly slow distillation. The first and only Islay dry gin is a rare expression of the heart and soul of our remote Scottish island. And, uh, you know, just hearing that transports you to a, um, a location of, uh, you know, sea salt and, you know, grassy meadows and uh, cliffs, you know, covered in sheep and things of that nature. And um, and, and that's about right, because about 90% of Scotland is just like that. <laughs> it is it is beautiful. Um, yeah, it's kind of neat. If you go on their website, they have a list of um, the 22 botanicals that um, you know, they're very open about what they're putting in there. You see, you know, some of the usual things that, uh, that, you know, go with gin, but there's some funny names here. We've got, um, things like mugwort and, uh, things like, wait, 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 stop, stop, stop. Yeah. Yeah. You can't just start with mugwort. That they, sounds like something from Harry Potter. They did. They 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 they, they <laughs> went with it. Yeah, and and they put that in your gin. You're drinking it. Um, so really, really interesting. Uh, Meadow sweet, uh, ladies bed straw, which we won't ask too many questions about. I, um, I would think not. A uh, bog myrtle. Uh, tansy. I mean, these these are things that are um, like you said. You, you feel like uh, I don't know. Maybe they dug them up behind the uh, you know the uh, dormitory at uh, at Hogwarts or something. Right, right exactly. <laughs> um, and, yeah, and they expelled one of the Weasleys for growing it <laughs> for for growing it in their closet. Yeah, <laughs> right. Um, yeah, exactly. So. So that's uh, kind of what we're dealing with here. Uh, it's interesting, um, you know, the um, uh, the salt marshes in this area, they provide this kind of uh, coriander, uh, sweet tea, uh, you know, uh, grassy tang uh, that you get. But then you've all got, also got these interesting botanicals that show up. So um, you taste the juniper and the, the coriander. It's certainly there. But this is one of the, you know, gins where I get a definitive... Uh, licorice taste when you drink it straight, um, and also plenty of uh, of lemon and orange, a real nice citrusy uh, background, but certainly plenty of licorice, which I, I really appreciate uh, about this gin because I do love licorice. Um, and so, interesting, um, yeah, huh. it's pretty pretty fascinating. And of course, um, you know, when you drink it straight like that, you're you're getting one experience. But I did mention before we started, this is a sipping gin, or, or it can be. It certainly makes a good gin and tonic too. But um, it shines and really blossoms with with one or two ice cubes, um, you know, it, it, you can drink it neat or, you know, just up with a little, uh, on the rocks or, or up with a little chill, uh, to it. And it just has a really nice, um, crisp flavor to it that still maintains a lot of its complexity, uh, when there's just a little ice added. And so, um, yeah, so I, I was very, very happy with this particular gin and, and highly recommend it. Um, it's not the cheapest gin on the market, you know, it's, a uh, um, I think in our local package store, it's going to be uh, somewhere around $35. So, um, you know, not um, not bargain barrel stuff for a, a fifth, but certainly uh, worth the price if you, um, you know, want a high quality spirit. And so, yeah, that's pretty much uh, the botanist. Yeah. All right. So one of the things I noticed like off the bat without even having taken a sip here, because and, and this is. I think I'm pretty sure this is the first time I'm actually having this straight up because again, my wife has been making all kinds of cocktails with it. Um, but while a lot of gins, you know, when you pour them, you almost get that heavy, like almost overly medicinal, like punch in the nose. Yeah. This one, I mean, it's there, but it doesn't seem to be as like, 
offensive, so to speak. Does yeah. that make sense? It does. It does. It, um, it, it's very uh, well-rounded, I think, the, the initial notes of it are. And so it uh, makes it, even though it's strong, it, it, it's very approachable, um, which I you know certainly appreciate. It's got a really nice, um, you know, uh, again, that kind of citrusy, lemony, um, you know, paired with just a little bit of that uh, nice uh, aniseed, the uh, the uh, licorice flavor there that's very interesting. Um, and then you get all these, you know, crazy flavors as you continue to sip because of uh, things that we've never heard of, like mudwort and uh, ladies' bed straw. <laughs> so, I mean, honestly, you're right. It almost kind of takes you for a journey when you're taking these sips. The first thing that I get is almost kind of like a, almost like a honeysuckle sweetness, to be honest. Yeah. Um, but before that kind of more of... You know, I, I definitely do pick up on that licorice. I, I don't quite get it like overly in the experience though. Like yeah. I, I don't know that that's like what I would have pulled out from it. But now that you mention it, I, it's definitely there. Um, but no, it's, it is very complex. And I got to say, man, you know, to call this a sippable gin is exactly right because I generally would not drink straight, drink gin state straight up, but having some of this man. <laughs> yeah, no, it I'd, sounds like you have I, been. <laughs> well, listen, as I mean, like this is, this is some, this is, this is good, man. I think uh, I could easily put my feet up on the back patio with uh, just this. And as you say, an ice cube or two. But the question is, what would I smoke with it? I know, right? So you're smoking your pipe or you're, you've just poured yourself a really nice uh, gin and tonic and, um, you know, are thinking, well, it's a it's a pleasant afternoon here in maybe Houston, Texas. And, uh, you know, I've got this uh, excellent cocktail and I need something to smoke along with it. And today we are pairing with the botanist gin, uh, Robert McConnell's uh, The Original Mature Pipe Tobacco. Uh, Robert McConnell, of course, we've done a feature on uh, this brand before, historic uh, brand, which uh, is produced by uh, Kohlhaas and Kopp in Germany, and uh, just an excellent, excellent uh, series of tobaccos. This is a tobacco that uh, has been on the market for some time, but uh, is not, um, you know, one of their, I guess, better sellers, uh, as it were, but a a tobacco that I really, really like. Uh, The back of the tin, uh, well, the front of the tin, it actually is just a very uh, simple... Uh, green. Sorry, I thought yeah. I, I thought I would just verbally communicate what's there. Yeah. If you know if you've never seen this before. <laughs> green. This is the this is this is the, the audible audible experience. Yep. Green. Green. Okay. Done. <laughs> <laughs> Goes well with the uh you know those um nice uh, uh, grass-covered knolls there in, in the uh, the Isle of uh, Islay. But um, yeah, so, um, you know, just kind of very simple as most of the McConnell tins are nowadays. Uh, it was a square tin. Most of them are, are round uh, as they are produced now as folks are switching to round tins for uh, a variety of reasons. But um not the least of which is that they have to do the uh, warning labels a certain way on the bottom of the tin. And then also the round tins are less likely to, uh, you know, spring open in storage and things of that nature. But um, Robert McConnell Mature, you know, the Robert McConnell, they're very, uh, you know, notorious for not really describing their tobaccos very well on the actual tin. All it says on the back is uh, dark, spicy, hand-rubbed Virginia Flake. Um, and, and all that's true. Uh, but if you dive a little deeper, uh, there's, there's a lot going on here. Um, 
that uh, you know we would like to highlight uh, Oriental tobaccos from um, you know the uh, area of, of Greece and Turkey. Uh, you know a variety of, of those Virginias, a, a, a dark spiciness here. We've got uh, from TobaccoReviews.com. We have uh, manufactured from mature Virginia leaves from Africa and Brazil, uh, and Oriental tobaccos from Greece and Turkey. A Swedish blend, not Swedish, but Swedish, sweetish uh, blend, rich in the scent, rich in scent and taste. And again, it's a uh, uh, Virginia featuring a variety of uh, uh, Virginia's um, mature leaf, uh, darker. Uh, leaf uh, with you know varying sugar contents and then also uh, those oriental and turkish tobaccos so uh, there is a mild very very mild uh, anisette topping here and and it's very subtle to me but it is uh, enough of that to pair nicely with the uh, the little tint of sweetness there um, there at, at the botanist uh, you know with the botanist to um a gin. So uh, just very, very pleasant, I think, goes well with this. Uh, it reminds me, this particular tobacco, of uh, Deception Pass uh, from uh, Seattle Pipe Club, which I very much love. It's probably a top 10 uh, tobacco tin for me. I, I like that, but uh, just very semi-sweet. I certainly wouldn't call this uh, you know, a, a full-blown aromatic or anything. I'm not one of those people that thinks as soon as a, a waft of, uh, you know, aroma is put over the tobacco, it automatically becomes a syrupy aromatic. But <laughs> um, <laughs> that could be a discussion. It, it is, and it should be, and and yeah, and every day on Facebook is, but and a big fight. But um, but anyway, um, you know, this this particular tobacco is very nice. It has uh, some of those rich. Uh, tones that we talked about uh, last week, actually, with some of the Savinelli uh, tobaccos, those bready uh, notes to it. But it has a really nice, uh, you know, citrus element there and and brightness. And I think it's really augmented well with that uh, anisette sweetness there that, that kind of comes out at the very end. So, um, yeah, very good tobacco. And I think goes very well with the botanist, Jim. All right, man. Excellent pairing. And uh, man, that's uh, that's a good one. Okay. So, so Robert McConnell Mature. Um, out, out of curiosity, this is fairly readily available, right? Like if you, if you were to go to your brick and mortar, you'd be able to find Well, it. you know, if it's a, if it's a real pipe shop, you know, th- there's a chance that they'd okay. have it. This is not one that you're going to go into maybe your local, uh, cigar shop and find, um, you know, they're, they're probably not going to carry the McConnell tobaccos, but, uh, it, you know, so this is a little, a little more difficult to locate, but, uh, you know, your favorite online retailer, uh, you know, if you're, if you aren't you know, blessed to have a brick and mortar, a, you know, bona fide pipe shop kind of in your neighborhood. Uh, there's a good chance you'll be able to find it on your favorite uh, online retailer. And and the mature tobacco, I will say, even though the Robert McConnell tobaccos go pretty quick, uh, the mature blend is not one of their more popular ones. Uh, I really like it. I think it's a delicious uh, blend. It burns well, um, you know, very little tongue bite and easy to load and keep lit and all that. But, um, you know, it's not one of their particularly uh, hot selling tobaccos. So, uh, so there's a chance you can find some. All right. Well, good deal. Well, so McConnell with uh, rather mature with the botanist. Next up, man, what, what, uh, what does our barkeep have for us? Yeah, next? man, I'm, I'm excited about this because this is a homegrown gin. Uh, not something I did in my bathtub, <laughs> but <laughs> I was about to ask, know, was this like boodles you left out overnight? I know, I know right? Yeah. It's, uh, you know, have a science experiment here, but something that, uh, it means a lot because it's really, really good, but also it's, uh, it's made close to home. 
and uh, this is called Wonder Bird Spirits uh, Field to Bottle Gin. This is gin made in Mississippi. And, um, you know, Bo, it's interesting, as time has gone on and we've done more and more uh, Squire Selects, I have been um, less likely and, and less interested in uh, talking about some of the more regional um, you know, regional uh, uh, spirits that, that we've been introduced to. And the reason for that is it's just kind of hard to get the stuff, right? Uh, you know, if, if something is produced in, you know, Georgia and you live in, uh, you know, I don't know, Utah, uh, you know, it can be kind of hard to, well, that's nice. It sounds interesting. If I ever visit that part of the country, maybe I'll, you know, snag it. But, uh, you know, it, it just becomes, you know, something that, um, you know, is kind of lost on uh, the listener sometimes, I think. As many good local spirits as there are, um, and so we, we try to feature things that are more readily available, uh, around, but this is, this is one I wanted to speak about as far as a more regional, uh, product. It is available now in, uh, Mississippi, Alabama, Florida, uh, Louisiana, and Tennessee. And, uh, if you go to their website, you can actually request, uh, you know, that you go, you know, that they start distributing in your area and all that kind of stuff. But Wonderbird Spirits Gin, it says field to bottle gin, it's handmade in, uh, and distilled in Mississippi, and uh, it's right there south of Memphis, up in North Mississippi. So, um, just a really uh, beautiful, uh, clean-looking bottle. It's very kind of squared off. Just again, that uh, you know apothecary-style uh, medicine bottle type thing. And uh, on the, on the back of the bottle, they've actually uh, hand numbered it with uh, with a particular number of batch and bottles. So, um, so pretty cool. Uh, on the side, it says uh, Wonder Bird, a manifestation of our pursuit of of happiness um, and an expression of spirit. We created the gin in front of you from grain to glass, taking great care to ensure that quality is delivered to your cup every time. This is our Wonder Bird, and we hope it can help you find yours. And uh, just a very uh, handsome product. So, um, you know, it, it's interesting because, you know, gins uh, come from all over the world, and a lot of these more botanical gins, they pride themselves in taking on local uh, flavors. You know, we, we just, as we, you know, read about the botanist, uh, you know, taking on those local botanicals there on the Isle of Sky. Isle of Islay, uh, not Sky, uh, Islay, uh, there in southern Scotland. And, you know, so what are they going to put in uh, in a gin that is made in Mississippi? Well, it's interesting. The um, the basic still from this is actually, mis- or the, um, you know, basic... Right, the, the baseline Baseline spirit. spirit, yeah. It's actually Mississippi Delta rice. Uh, kind of interesting. Um, no. Yeah, man. They Come actually, on. Seriously? To, to produce the base spirit for this particular gin, they are actually using jasmine rice uh, grown in the Mississippi Delta. Of course, uh, one of the richest and most productive farming areas in the country. And just, uh, you know, very interesting. We have a lot of rice that's grown in Mississippi, but uh, along with cotton and soybeans and, um, and those type of things. But uh, man, just really, really interesting. So the base spirit comes from this jasmine rice. It's grown right uh, there in the Mississippi Delta, uh, you know, down the road from, uh, you know, places like uh, the home of B.B. King and, and stuff like that. So um, it's vapor distilled. Each botanical, which they, they actually hold the botanicals close to the vest. They don't really say what uh, goes in here. And, and, and you may be able to, you know, pry it out of them, but it's not something that's readily available. Uh, but each botanical is individually uh, distilled, uh, vapor distilled to capture the essence of uh, the ingredient. So um, this is a very complex 
uh, gin. It's smooth. It's not it's not as complex, I'd say, as the botanist, but it's certainly a sipping gin. It's one of the uh, smoother American gins that I've had, and I really, uh, really enjoyed it. It's um, it's very tasty. So, uh, Bo, I know you don't have this here uh, with you, but as you sip the gin and, and try it, there's something of a really nice thick mouthfeel on this particular gin. It coats your uh, tongue very nicely. It's got uh, just a very good um, richness to it, which is uh, kind of interesting for a gin, I think. Um, you know, it has a, a super strength to it, but again, it's approachable like the botanist. It's one of those gins where the uh, coriander is very present. The uh, juniper is certainly there, but you know you get that nice incense flavor that lingers for just a little bit before it dissipates, and um, it's just very, very pleasing. So um, good, you know, like I said, just as a drink by itself, if you drink it neat or if you put it on an ice cube where it really blossoms, and then, of course, it makes a great gin and tonic. So um, it's a really good. Man. Yeah. Okay, I, I am heavily jealous of you right now <laughs> because, as you mentioned, you know this is a this is a bit of a harder one to get a hold of, and uh, being in Texas, you know it's it's one of those things. You know, growing up in Mississippi, sometimes you think, oh, I wish I could be somewhere else where all the good stuff is. Now that you're out of Mississippi, you're like, I want to go back. <laughs> <laughs> it's one of the one of the like five things that you may want to come here for. Yeah, <laughs> whatever, man. There's a lot of great things in Mississippi. There are. You, you got to leave it to appreciate there are. it. That, that is true. But, uh, well, Wonderbird Spirits. It's a uh, it is really, really delicious gin and uh, something I, I encourage you to check out. If they don't distribute it in your state, uh, go to their website and, um, you know, see. They didn't pay us to say this, by the way. They have no idea who uh, who I am. But uh, I do like their gin and, and think it's very tasty. And you can actually go to their website, like I was mentioning, and, and request it being distributed in your area. But so gorgeous bottle. Uh, you know, I, I unfortunately, I do, am able to kind of get a look at, uh, you know, their branding and everything. It is very, um, very hipster. Like, you know, that is very communicated as soon as you land on their website and you kind of see the minimalist uh, kind of design that if I'm if I'm being totally honest, they, they, they could have easily just gotten that off of Canva. Like I would not be surprised to open up the Canva app and see that exact uh, logo there. Now, I could be wrong. They may have spent millions of dollars on that. And so I apologize if that's the case. Uh, but but no, but a very clean design and also kind of speaks to, as you mentioned before, that apothecary-esque bottle, um, even the the labeling and everything kind of fits to that. It's clean. Um, it's, yeah, I, you know, I, I'm, I, my, my curiosity is, uh, is definitely peaked, man. This is something I got to try. But the question is, when I do get a bottle of Wonderbird Spirits, Am I gonna have to go to Mississippi for the pipe tobacco as well? What uh, what do you what did you uh, what you pair with it? <laughs> Man, you will be able to find this uh, also at your favorite online retailer, most likely. But um, this is a, a a pipe brand we're all aware of and know and love. Uh, Chacon Pipes. They have a whole bunch of uh, tobaccos that have come out. I'd say over the past five years that have been uh, successful here and there. But today we are pairing um, the Wonderbird Gin uh, with Chacon Saint Claude Tobacco. Uh, this comes in a uh, one of these uh, you know biscuit style cans that we refer to occasionally uh, the uh, tall Cornell and Deal style McClellan style can um, and and actually it's interesting this is produced by Cornell and Deal so no no wonder that that's the case um, uh, really really um, you know simple looking it's got the uh, Chacombe occasionally features the um, the rooster is one of its kind of ancillary logos. It's kind of uh, neat, and so the rooster is prominently uh, portrayed on there on the back, along with the Eiffel Tower and uh, you know a, a few other uh, you know Paris landmarks right, and right, things right. like that. Reading from the tin, it says taking inspiration from the birthplace of the Briar Pipe, Chacombe Saint Claude is a tribute to the French pipe tradition. 
uh, blended from bright and red Virginias and a sprinkling of black Cavendish. It's a minimalist mixture, gently sweetened with chocolate and vanilla for a smooth all-day smoke. And um, I, I like this tobacco a lot. It's a, uh, it is an aromatic. It is not a uh, syrupy aromatic. It's it's an aromatic that I you know tend to refer to as semi-sweet. Uh, kind of reminds me of. Uh, maybe uh, not quite as sweet, 1Q, uh, maybe something like our, uh, at the Squire, like our Cherokee or uh, Second Breakfast, something of that nature that has a, a certainly a, you know, a, a present uh, topping, but not something that's overwhelming. When you open the tin, uh, very much, uh, you know, that uh, aroma is, is hit, you know, is present. You, you, you smell the Virginias there, you smell uh, the Cavendish there, but you do get that scent of uh, milk chocolate, um, which is very pleasing, and, um, and and just that hint of vanilla that's in the background. So very smooth tobacco. It is minimalist, like they describe, uh, and I like this pairing with the Wonderbird because it lets you, um, you know, taste the tobacco, but the tobacco does not overwhelm the uh, complexity and the character of the gin. It very much, uh, very much highlights it. It has that nice uh, kind of syrupy, viscous mouthfeel. Um, which, uh, you know, you appreciate from a high-quality aromatic uh, that doesn't burn your tongue, which I think is really, uh, really attractive. Again, you do have to kind of burn this, uh, you know, puff it slowly to make sure it doesn't uh, get up on you too much. But, um, you know, nice, a nice mouthfeel without burning your tongue that, um, you know, just, uh, I think, complements the Wonderbird Gin because the Wonderbird Gin um, has that, uh, that viscous kind of mouth coating to it. It's, it's interesting, something I don't necessarily associate with a lot of gins. But, um, but very good. Virginia Black Cavendish, uh, semi-sweet. Uh, this is blended by Jeremy Reeves uh, at Cornell & Deal. You know, again, uh, not not a sticky aromatic, not uh, you know gooey or any of that thing. There's a nice uh, crispness to it, uh, but then it kind of devolves quickly into a more mellow, rich uh, you know mouth mouthfeel and, and sweetness. So, uh, very significant uh, compliment to the Wonderbird, and I think you'll like it, man. And I gotta say, I really I'm a big fan of Chacombe's branding, like the way they they they're able to stand. I out love Chacombe, man. Yeah. I love Chacombe. They have just, they have, you know, over the past, I'd say, uh, 10 years, I mean, they have just crushed it. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's a that's a brand that, um, you know, is incredibly historic. It's something that, um, you know, dates back to literally the, the birth of the Briar Pipe mm. and uh, certainly that area. Um, you know, they um, just have some of the most active folks in the pipe community that, uh, that work there and uh, big supporters of, uh, you know, pipe clubs across the world and things of that nature. But, um, but they have, you know, really experienced a, quite a rebirth over the past uh, you know, 10, 15 years and just really proud of what they've done. And of course, these uh, tobaccos they've come out with recently uh, are a part of that story. And, uh, you know, they should be really proud of them because they're all very good. Yeah, I was trying to think, I think we've probably done an episode about Chacombe, if I'm not mistaken. Off the top of my head, it sounds like I probably would have named that Sweet Home Chacombe. So I need to, to, you know what I mean? Like sometimes whenever I think about like, oh, we should do an episode about that. I think about what the episode title is. And then I think of, you know, the punny, rhymey, whatever it may be. And right. I'm like, oh, no, right. wait, that sounds too familiar. We've definitely done that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah, we need to make sure we talk about Chacombe. They um, are an excellent, excellent brand and um, make some of the finest pipes in the world. Well, I think some of the finest, finest uh, pairings of the world happen right here, man, on the, on the Squire Select. So excellent work in uh, combining these various 
pipe to tobaccos with these various spirits. Uh, you know, I think it, it gives all of us kind of a, a nice challenge to put you to the test to try out these different pipe tobaccos, try out these different spirits and see if in fact uh, they are good. And so uh, we encourage you to do that. But of course, if you are going to do so, we also encourage you to do so. Uh, make sure you're going to get every single little flavor out of every single pipe tobacco by uh, smoking it through a wonderful quality corncob pipe from our friends at Missouri Meerschaum. Man, that is right. Week after week, we talk about Missouri Meerschaum pipes because we smoke them and believe in them and uh, love the folks that work there. Uh, this week, we were talking about the Country Gentleman corncob pipe. I know, man. Sorry, we, I just I love the country. I mean, I'm a, I'm a I'm an it, apologist. For country country, country gentleman uh, apostle. Yeah, it's a it's an excellent pipe. The reason we picked this pipe today, when you drink a gin and tonic, you don't want one. You, you don't you don't want to you, you probably want three or four <laughs> and so you know it, this is not something that you're going to sit for uh 20 minutes and do it's something you're going to savor over a nice uh you know warm afternoon on the on the porch and and with that you'll need a pipe that's got a nice bowl to it something that has a generous bowl for you to hold uh a, quite a bit of you know one of your favorite tobaccos whether it's robert, robert mcconnell mature or chacombe saint claude uh one of those tobaccos that you're going to want to really enjoy for the next uh, hour or two uh, while you sip your uh, favorite spirit. And so the Country Gentleman fits the bill perfectly. Of course, it smokes clean and uh, comes in a straight and a bent uh, variety, uh, just a really handsome pipe with that kind of uh, blackened uh, outside that, uh, you know, Missouri Meerschaum is known for with the hardwood insert uh, in the bottom of the bowl. So uh, excellent pipe. You can get it from the source at corncobpipe.com. Uh, it's only uh, retails for only $13.29. Uh, it's a five star review pipe and uh, it earns it every single day because it's a workhorse, but it's also a, uh, a beautiful pipe. So check it out. Of course, the Country Gentleman is by far, hands down, my favorite Missouri Meerschaum pipe, and I've got a bunch of them, but the Country Gentleman for me is tops. If you happen to have a Country Gentleman this week, be sure to smoke it. Take a picture of yourself if you're doing so. Uh, share it out. It's a great way to let the good folks at Missouri Meerschaum know we appreciate them for sponsoring this show. Pipe question of the week. Pipe question of the week. This week coming in from Austin Kaysen. Uh, and here is what Austin had to say. I started smoking a pipe last fall and almost immediately discovered your podcast thanks to the Reformed Pipe and Cigar Lounge. I also immediately acquired a mild case of compulsive pipe buying disorder. Well, that, that happens. I've mostly bought Missouri Meerschaums and one Rossi Robino, but I've also bought a couple of pipes on Etsy. Uh, the two I have purchased were both less than $30 and I enjoyed them, but I was I am wondering if... I am too inexperienced a smoker to realize how bad they are or if I just got lucky. Do you have any comments, <laughs> suggestions or shade to th- <laughs> or shade to throw when it comes to buying pipes at Etsy? P.S. I'm attending a wedding in Mississippi soon, about an hour south of Jackson. So I'm hoping I will be able to see the shop in person. Love the podcast and the Squire. Keep up the great work. And again, that is from Austin. Man, great, great question, Austin. And uh, dude, we hope, you know, when you are in Mississippi, you uh, take a swing by. There's not a whole lot to do in our state, but there is the Country Squire and we'd love to see you. <laughs> wait, wait, come, um, come, no, what are you talking about? Mississippi is a wonderful place. No, You've got I, I know. access I, to this brand new gin that they'll be able to pick up while they're in town. Bean fruit coffee. There's so many different great things. I will, I will never, never once say a bad thing about Mississippi. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> or if Man. I do, I can, but but I'm not going to. 
Yeah, don't, no one talks about mama except me, right? Yeah. That, there you go. There you go. That's right. <laughs> no, it, it, man, we, we hope you get to swing by. Um, man, you know, th- I, we've talked about before, but there are some dog pipes out there that smoke great. Um, you know, that, you know, maybe don't look great, but, uh, you know, you buy uh, for, for not not a whole lot of money. And uh, maybe it's a, a really ugly pipe or whatever, but it winds up uh, just being that excellent uh, briar that came from just the right heath tree that, that smokes really well. So, um, you know, if you're enjoying these pipes you bought on Etsy, uh, which may be beautiful, they may be handmade, I have no idea. Um, but if you are enjoying these pipes, um, man, that, you know, that there's a there's a good chance that they're, you know, high quality pipes. And uh, we certainly encourage you to stick to them. So, you know, that's the thing about pipe smoking. It's so much uh, in the eye of the beholder, um, you know, don't just smoke, uh, you know, Dunhills and Costellos because uh, that's what the snobs tell you to do. Smoke the ones you enjoy mm. and, uh, and and really love. And so we, uh, we've we always encouraged that at Country Squire Radio and are glad you found a couple on Etsy that uh, have fit the bill. Man, stepping on some toes there right there. Okay, okay, yes, yes, yeah, that's right. I, I, as someone who owns multiple Dunhills and Costellos, you know. <laughs> okay, no, no, yeah. that's great, that's great. Yeah. Austin, hopefully that helped. Uh, did you get the shade that you were looking for? <laughs> yeah, I, 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 I know, right? <laughs> no, I mean, some some of the, um, you know, best smokers that people have uh, sworn by in the past have become, um, you know, or have been uh, drugstore, you know, style pipes. The Absolutely. Uh, you yeah. know, so, I mean, that's just one of those things where uh, it's in the eye of the beholder and uh, so much goes into making a pipe that uh, there's a good chance you got a good one. There you go. Well, hey, if you've got a pipe question of the week, be sure to send that in to us. That's show at countrysquireradio.com. Quick fire with the squire. Quick fire question. All right, man. Quick fire questions coming in, of course, from Pastor Joda, who is uh, writing in. He's uh, had a great series for us. We continue on that. This uh, week's series is Love Your Neighbor in Normal Non-Social Distancing Times. So in the before times, if you will. Uh, (laughs) All right. You ready for this? Yep. Helping the homeless. Do you go buy them food or give them some cash? Uh, I'm a a buy them food type of guy. Yeah. Feed uh, food. Food always good. (laughs) Food absolutely (laughs) always good. Uh, Yeah. Actually, we we participated in uh, a number of and we have... uh, uh, feeding the homeless ministries um, when we were in Memphis and and uh, in Jackson as well and uh, Houston, yeah. As you mentioned, it's it's weird. It's weird thinking about right now because it's so there's so very. It it seems like so little you can do at the moment. <laughs> so yeah, no, I appreciate right. the desire to set this in the tone of uh, non social distancing times. <laughs> uh, donating kids clothing, take them to Goodwill, or give them to another family. Um, both are great. I feel like you know. Uh, a lot of what we're going to talk about is great, but you know, typically what we've done is try to find someone in our community that could uh, could use them. You know, whether it's uh, you know someone in your church family or uh, someone you've met at your pipe shop or a neighbor. Uh, I always think that's uh, you know a good first place to start. But uh, certainly, you know, folks like the uh, people at Goodwill, Salvation Army, uh, you know, your local uh, shelter. These are good places to drop those off to as well. Yeah. Um, bit of both the same as well. I mean, like we, we used to have a goodwill. Well, I mean, you know, this obviously it's right across in the, the neighborhood right there. Um, but, uh, but yeah, so, um, generally if, if we know the family that needs them, we'll, we'll, uh, give them away. If not, then, um, yeah, we, uh, we do kind of, uh, some, some big donations, uh, on an annual to, uh, to goodwill. All right. Encouraging a friend. I'm not trying, like, I feel like we're, we're bragging about our, <laughs> 
Yeah, duh, man. <laughs> I, yeah, we should, we should <laughs> not. not. Yeah, we. we that's it, not the intention. <laughs> if anything, yeah, we're encouraging folks to, uh, you know, do some good things and there you uh, go. Pick, yeah. Picking our favorites. <laughs> there you go. All right, encouraging a friend, a handwritten note or uh, a letter. Uh, so a handwritten note or letter or a conversation. Yeah. So if you're encouraging a friend, do you write them something or do you talk to them? And, um, you know, for me as, as an introvert, I, uh, even though letter writing would be more uh, natural, you know, I feel like it's always better to uh, have a conversation. There's something about, uh, you know, if you are in person, particularly those uh, visual cues that you get from uh, being there with someone, uh, you know, person to person, it's really, really nice. So um, yeah, let's, let's, let's get together and talk. Yeah, absolutely. A conversation. I mean, you're right. Um, words, words, especially the written word has so much power and, um, writing those notes, receiving those notes. I mean, that's, those are treasures that last forever for sure. But man, time is, I mean, it's the most valuable commodity in, in, in the universe. And so it's taking the time to have a conversation with someone. I think, uh, for me, that's what, what resonates with me when I need encouragement. And it's, it's the thing that I think that, you know, I always try to pour in when, when I think someone else needs just to be with someone. I mean, you know, there's, that's, that's part of the, the struggle of the, uh, the moment that we're all experiencing. I mean, we can have these conversations over zoom, but I think we both interpreted this as not just a a phone conversation or a zoom conference conversation, but you know, that in person sitting down and, and talking. Yeah. Agreed. All right. A new person moves to the neighborhood. Do you bake them cookies or do you have them over for dinner? I think you had them over to dinner after you bake them cookies. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let them taste the food first. Like, nah, let them know what well, they're getting into. Well, <laughs> you know, yeah, just kind of, you know, I mean, there's something about like, oh, let's just get to get to know each other a little bit and then we'll have you over for dinner. <laughs> yeah, I, you know, I feel like I want to be the guy that has you over for dinner, but I am probably more the guy that's going to bake you the cookies. Like, I... I, I like part of that is, you know, when you move, you've got all this stuff you got to do and you're trying to get accustomed to everything and you know, having somebody go into somebody's house for dinner, that's almost a homework assignment. But if like yeah. somebody rolls up and be like, Hey, here's the cookies. This is my name. Call me if you want. Don't, if you don't want to, man, that person just became <laughs> my best friend. I know, right? Me? Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, bake, bake them cookies for sure. Uh, and then finally, uh, Red Cross disaster relief, donate blood or donate money. Wow. Obviously, we encourage folks to do both. I, it, it is funny. You know, it's like, man, which one uh, do you pick uh, if you have to pick? And um, I, I don't know. I guess uh, I guess I'd say donate blood. I mean, but gosh, give some money, too. <laughs> you know, uh, it has been a long time since I've given blood. I, I need to do that. But um, but yeah, I think both are, are really valuable. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but for me personally, donate money. Uh, I have a strong phobia of uh needles so you have an aversion to needles yeah i I have a extreme aversion to needles (laughs) wow uh, yeah yeah probably not something i want to share on the internet but i'll put it out there anyway but yeah no i i i yeah that's uh that ain't happening so i i will be glad to donate money and i am very strong to encourage anybody who is able to donate blood. My father in particular is a, uh, he's a universal donor. And I know that he is, he has given of our family's lifeblood from that standpoint. And, um, yeah, I am yeah. happy to give from the family's resources other ways, but I, <laughs> I can't do the needles, man. So, uh, so yeah, that's, that's, that's it for me, <laughs> but there you go. <laughs> Pastor Joda, man, what a great series. And uh, like, look, look at, look at Pastor Joda using, uh, the quick fire questions to inspire charitable, uh, uh giving and, caring for one another, especially as we're in the middle yeah. of the current times, but uh, also to think about what, uh, what you can do once, uh, once COVID is, uh, you know, or once we enter into the post age of COVID. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. 
So great quick fire questions. And hey, if you've got some for us, be sure to send those in. Show at countrysquireradio.com. Again, that show at countrysquireradio.com. Your thoughts, your comments. Listener feedback. All right, listener feedback. We got some listener feedback this in from Jason Wamsley. That's right, Jason Wamsley. What did Jason Wamsley have to say, John David? He says, uh, long-time listener, just now jumping on Patreon, something I should have done before now. Uh, I really enjoyed the show and recently ordered from the Country Squire. Uh, he says, I'm an Episcopalian myself, uh, so I enjoy listening to John David talk about seminary uh, and religion and theology in particular. If you've done... Uh, this before I somehow missed it, but you should. Re- if, let's see. If you've done this before and I somehow missed it, uh, sorry, but you should review the Middle Earth blends from the shop, uh, even if you're a little biased. <laughs> uh, keep up the good work, and that's from Jason. And so, uh, man, Jason, thanks for writing in. That's great, and uh, you know, glad you're enjoying the tobaccos, and um, you know, appreciate your support, obviously on Patreon. But um, yeah, you know, we could do a, a tour of Middle Earth, as it were. Uh, you know, there and and what's interesting I, you know you mentioned this and it um, is coming up just uh, by coincidence something something I should have mentioned at the top of the show during announcements but um, our own friend uh, Mark VV is teaming up with uh, the folks at the Briar report uh, Briar report we've talked oh, about yeah. them before on the show of course they've uh, you know won best pipe publication for 2019 of last year excellent guys those folks over there and uh, they are doing a uh, tour of our Middle Earth blends uh, here later uh, this year, and you can actually go on our website uh, and purchase a BRTV Middle Earth sampler uh, and get all those different blends. And then uh, once you smoke through them here in a couple months when they come out with their uh, video series reviewing these blends, what'll be fun for you is that you'll be able to smoke them right along with Mark VV uh, while he's doing this on YouTube. So um, it's a really exciting. It's something that they're doing. It's like, hey, buy these tobaccos in advance. Uh, smoke them, and then you can review them right along there with, uh, you know, with the with the with the smoker on uh, on on the TV. So, uh, kind of a neat concept. But anyway, check it out. Man, yeah, that's great. Uh, that that sounds awesome. You know, I've I've always, oh man, you know, aspirationally thinking about like what would be like the quintessential, like the the pivotal. Uh, the climactic moment of Country Squire Radio would be if we could actually do like a tour of, you know, head over to New Zealand and actually go to Middle Earth and, um, you know, do do a podcast from like Hobbiton or something of that nature. Uh, people do that. They're content creators that do that. They'll, they'll do like a food tour of Middle Earth or a sound tour of Middle Earth. We should do a pipe tobacco tour of Middle Earth. That would be incredible. You know, once we can travel and somehow afford it, that would be amazing. <laughs> Aspirational. I'm Speaking it into existence, we'll, we'll, there you go. But, uh, but no, great, great suggestion. Um, you know, we, I think we, we have talked, like you mentioned, uh, about the pipe tobaccos before in some earlier, uh, tobacco talks they have kind of made their way through, but, um, no, I, I like the idea of revisiting them as a series for sure. So, um, yeah, we'll, we'll, yeah. uh, we'll definitely explore that. Thank you for that feedback. Of course, as Jason mentioned, uh, you know, as uh, a new patron, we, we greatly appreciate those of you who head over to patreon.com slash country squire radio and become supporters of the channel there. Uh, all you have to do again is, uh, yeah, head over to patreon.com slash country squire radio, and you can find out all the details there. Um, we also love getting those feedback in the form of iTunes reviews, head over to iTunes and write us a review. Doesn't cost you anything to do it. And, uh, we're able to read those off right here on the show. We also want to encourage you to keep up with us throughout the week. You can follow us on Twitter. I'm at the real Bo York. I'm at John David Cole, or you can get us at the shop at at underscore Country Squire. And all that information and more can be found at CountrySquireRadio.com. 
Well, John David, day drinking. Squire Man, Select. I had fun, dude. Yeah, <laughs> the, the gin episode. I know we've done it before, but uh, it's been quite a while. I'm glad we, uh, glad we cracked them back open. A couple of good sipping gins. So, yes, sir. Uh, hope people try them out and tell us what they think. Man, I love it. Yeah, the elusive gin episode. And uh, who knows, maybe there'll be one again in the future. I'd like to think that uh, had we done the, the Lunt to Remember, we would have actually done a gin episode <laughs> of Squire Select. <laughs> we talked about doing a Squire Select, uh, kind of an, an interactive Squire Select. And, um, Boodles was going to be there in some capacity, even though we'd already covered it. But Obviously, hey. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Something to look forward to in the future. But hey, man, in the meantime, let's go have a day. See you, brother.